What's up? Welcome everybody to another episode of Meditation Matters. Previously, I talked about vulnerability, what it is, what it means, why it matters, and I actually have a good friend here, Osa Oksake, and I call him by other names, but I'll let him completely introduce himself and what he does and uh, his creative journey and just everything about himself. So but we're going to dive into vulnerability part two, in a sense, um, really just getting his take on what vulnerability is you know his experience with like how is vulnerable how has being vulnerability sorry how has being vulnerable helped him in life and if there has been any power in being a vulnerable person um whether that be through his music or through anything else so i'm gonna let you go ahead and just talk about right who on. you are and uh i mean you know i'll moderate you to some yeah. degree yeah, <laughs> but go ahead do what you gotta do um so yeah, whole name is Osaze. Um, I talked to you or him? You talked to everyone. Yeah, everyone. Um, <laughs> uh, so my whole name is Osaze, but as an artist, people just call me Osaze. Um, but just kind of, I think I was pushed into vulnerability just because. Well, let's first just define what vulnerability means. Yeah, right? I think um, I think just at like base value it means base value it means kind of just being open. Mm-hmm. Um, being willing to share certain parts of yourself that are hidden, mm-hmm. being transparent in a certain way. Um, and I think growing up, I'm, I'm going to describe myself as a loser okay. with like a minimal amount of friends, wasn't popular. Um, and like that was a very hurtful period early on, like in seventh grade and whatnot. But I think it broke down my self esteem to like a very negatively low point. But because it broke down my self-esteem, I think there's also an element of breaking down of the ego. Right. So like my pride was very, very shattered. And I think that gave me a certain willingness to just be very open about like pain, and trauma, and my feelings on stuff. Cause I felt like I kind of had, kind of had nothing anyway. So I can just, I might as well just be open. So I'm gonna stop you real quick. Mm-hmm. What, in terms of openness, what ways did you find yourself allowing yourself to express those you know to be vulnerable to express the things that you were feeling was it through writing or communication like what type of communication did you do with that um well like that's when i got really into songwriting so like seventh grade um and like i wasn't talking to i wasn't talking to people about my problems but like i was just writing about them a lot but i was always writing them with with this like focus on I want to become a musician so ultimately I'm going to be saying these words to a lot of people right right but I was perfectly okay with it like it was fine diving in into like suicidal thought in that song format because it feels like a safe space Mm -hmm. knowing that eventually I'm going to be performing this in front of like a stadium of people right or a theater of people Mm -hmm. and um at that point you're putting out vulnerable messages hoping to reach other people and then bring them into a space where maybe they're just going to be vulnerable with themselves Mm -hmm. right like um i remember making someone cry with a record right Mm -hmm. and i think crying is one of the ultimate like crying is one of the ultimate vulnerable moments Mm -hmm. and i think like you often don't predict that you're going to cry you don't go into something trying to cry it's often just pulled out of you so i think when a song is able to cut to you like that that's kind of why we make vulnerable music because we want to I think when people are being vulnerable together in the same space it creates like a like a, a warm empathetic vibe in the room. you know there's like an understanding there's a, a comfort 
it's also builds like a, a bond, right? Like you can be bonded to someone you've never met before. Mm-hmm. I did a, um, a, week, a meditation weekend when I first learned Chidashi Kriya, um, which is actually something I talked about in an earlier episode. So check out episode three. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, I did the happiness program, which is pretty much like you're learning the fundamentals of Shadash Kriya and other like just overall philosophies, Buddhist principles and everything else, right? And um, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It wasn't like a retreat, so we had to keep coming back those days. But I, I was just matched with like eight other people. I've never met them a day in my life. By the end on Sunday, I loved every single one of them as if they've always been in my life. Like I've yeah. like, and it was crazy. We just there were so many exercises we did that really plunged us into a very vulnerable space. Yeah. And like there was one that really I remember significantly is like we were all sitting like in front of each other on our knees, face to face, and we couldn't talk. We we're just staring in each other's eyes. And then we kept after like two minutes, we'd rotate to the next person and we'd rotate to the next person. So we're just staring at each other, not communicating yeah. verbally, but just literally staring into each other's eyes. And like every yeah. person I did was just like bawling, crying. Everyone's just crying together. Everyone's just hugging each other. Everyone's just like, um, oh. yeah. When we first started learning the Shadashri Kriya, like she, the teacher took us through everything the first time. Um, by like the final day of us like really trying to practice it and understand it, like everyone just started bawling. Like we're all in our own sections just meditating, and like one lady, like she just starts, she starts hysterically laughing. Right, and yeah. we understand that like this is part of the practice. We know that when you get to the end, you can either start circling laughing, you can do nothing at all, you could cry, whatever it may be. Yeah. It's because you're like unlocking certain energy channels and just welling up. Right, mm-hmm. so she started hysterically crying, immediately started. Um, she was hysterically laughing, then immediately started crying after the hysterical laughter. And speaking in Spanish, I love you, Poppy. I miss you so much. I wish you were here, but it's okay. I love you, Poppy. And like in that moment, the whole room just started sniffling, crying, like it was crazy. And it was just like, so that was just such a vulnerable thing, right? Yeah. That we did and it really bonded us together. So Exactly. You know. It's glue. Yeah. I think um like to bring it back to like artists again, I think that's what ultimately ends up making people invested in certain artists more than other ones. Mm-hmm. Like the amount that they're opening up with you to then put you in a position where you feel like you understand, or, so, or rather you feel like someone else understands. Right. And I think yeah. that's what like having a platform, having a platform and being vulnerable, I think is such a, a potent mix. Because like when people see someone on that platform be vulnerable, it's on such a wide scale that so many people are like, wow, someone else gets it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, someone else gets the feeling of being lost the feeling of loss um, but I think they're hard feelings and I think a lot of times we're taught in different ways to suppress vulnerability right. like I think about um, look at children right think like about a bunch of two-year-olds running around <laughs> and and so many times I'll hear like if the two-year-old starts crying or whatever it's like parents will be like you know stop that crying turn yeah, off yeah. the tears yeah, yeah, you're okay yeah. like they'll try to convince them that they're not feeling anything yeah, yeah. which I think I mean, in the, in the moment, you don't think about how it's, like, really fucking up the kid. In the long just, term, right? Yeah, you just kind of calm it down. Yeah, you just want to, like, <laughs> want to relax the situation. You want to quiet. Maybe you're stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're teaching that kid to be, you know, emotionally crippled. Yeah. And rather, more so, you're teaching him to not open up about being emotional. Right. I think about, um, like, I was in a relationship once. And, like, 
not that I was like anti crying in front of girls or whatever, but I just like I don't know. I didn't want to like be. I don't just know. Premise for you when you say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like it, it, this was 2010, um, 2011. So like, I didn't. I don't know. I, I didn't. I was at a point where it was hard for me to be that emotionally open with people I was in a relationship with, and um, there was a Sunday when my brother died, right? And um, and I, I happened to get the news. Like I didn't get the news in a setting where like. I knew that I'd be getting some bad news. For sure. I just knew that I had to like get a voicemail from my dad. Mm-hmm. So I listened to the voicemail, and then the girl I was with just happened to be in the room at the time. Mm-hmm. And man, like I dropped the phone mm-hmm. and like started bawling immediately. For sure. And I wasn't thinking about man, is she in the room right now uh-huh. or whatever? But then she comes like she comes over, sits next to me. I tell her what happened. She starts crying. Mm-hmm. And then that moment kind of brought us closer together mm-hmm. in a big way just because it put me into a space where we're like wow emotions open her up exactly. and we're we're sharing this like moment right now yeah. even though she doesn't like she's not going through the same thing but the openness yeah. brought a lot of empathy and, um, and that's crazy the openness brought a lot of empathy one thing i um i talked about in my first episode of the power of vulnerability is how like we may not want to be vulnerable in certain situations because maybe we feel as if what we want from that situation may not be reciprocated or like we won't be understood or we might be judged, right? Like whatever it may be. But then like if you actually allow yourself to be vulnerable, you allow yourself to be heard. You actually give yourself a voice to, and then you give like the difficulties you're facing inside or whatever it is, a voice to actually begin to go and, and move forward, right? And like you opened yourself up to empathy you didn't even know possibly would come, but then it happened and then you connected even closer to your loved one. Yeah. So that's that's beautiful. That's the power of vulnerability, I think. What? But okay. Not not to be total <laughs> devil's advocate. But like I think we do live I mean, I'm sure that there have been like iterations of this in the past, but from what I'm seeing, we definitely do live in an era now of certain Heartlessness to a degree, mm. and more more mediums with which to be heartless. Mm. So, like, if you take social media for example, yeah. they say that you're not supposed to vent about your problems on social media <laughs> because one, people aren't really gonna give a fuck. More people are gonna like troll you, right? Right. Like cyberbullying, cyber and because like I know people make fun of cyberbullying, like why don't you just log off the computer, right? right. Which I, I understand that argument too, to a degree. But like, because technology and social media are such a big part of just how our day to days function, that it's hard to just like unplug completely from it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think I don't know. Social media has put us in a space where we're constantly seeking validation, mm-hmm. and I think that search for validation seeps into a lot more aspects of our lives. Where then just like genuineness, genuine interactions with people can kind of get handicapped mm-hmm. because there's this extra element of I feel like I gotta get attention for this behind it, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. I don't know. We're just living in a very weird time. Like even like being open about like your uh, depression or whatever. Like say you do yeah. like a vlog, yeah. right? you do a vlog, mm-hmm. you put it out, you're talking about something. Right. People immediately will kind of off, like they'll write it off. Like they just want to get likes, or they just want to like mm. go viral. Right. Like there's so many other like ways people try to undercut being 
importance of yes. actual genuine farming moments. Right, I agree. I just read someone the other day um, in Last Time too about not had a really crippling like depressive episode. Mm-hmm. I actually like recorded everything. I recorded mm-hmm. why I felt like I was quarantined for that session, yeah. what that session felt like, and just like everything else. And um, I've been sitting on that recording, unsure to publish it. It's it's very yeah. interesting, <laughs> and well, for for similar reasons. Why I'm like, you know, like. I could do this and you know it's a very raw moment you know I want you know this series of like these audio recordings of this podcast to be very raw you know what I mean like but why but it hit to a point where I'm like okay well this is about meditation right and so but it did loop into how when I was in that crippling episode I did bring myself to a point where I was like okay well at least let me meditate on these feelings at least let me meditate on these thoughts right let me meditate on the fact that like I'm bawling crying and I don't really understand why I'm standing straight up in the middle of the apartment all by myself feeling lifeless and just completely heavy and dull you know what I mean like it doesn't really make any sense um but why haven't I posted this yet I don't know well I think that brings to light like (laughs) so I I connect a lot as like a creator of song Mm -hmm. or like even like a writer of stuff not everything I write and record can be put out. Right. Some stuff is just for you. Just to express. You know, like just, just to get it out. It, it always feels kind of like exercising a demon. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like writing a song about suicidal thought feels like exercising a demon because I'll often feel better after writing it. Right. But then there's like the second question of can I doll this demon up enough to put it out in public now? Mm. And that would be a song that's released. And and that's interesting because you use the word doll the demon enough. And I think like, should we really be like doing it? Oh, see, I love this question because I think we do think a lot about exploitation, Mm -hmm. right? So like, um, like the idea of being depressed, it can easily be like exploited and like romanticized and like pushed in the media a certain way. Like I remember when I, what was that show with the suicidal girl? Um, it was on Netflix. I can't remember, but people got really mad about it. It was oh, really popular. Was it the t- uh, 13? 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. Right. People yeah. got really like upset about it mm-hmm. because they felt like it was romanticizing depression and romanticizing right. suicide. Right. And I think that's such a fine balance with any type of platform where it's like, all right, yeah, I want to, you know, art is supposed to reflect what's going on in here. Right. But at what point does it become exploitation? Is it when you're making money off of it now? Uh, is, it made, is, it, is it when a lot of people are watching it now? Is that when all of a sudden, like, it's no longer legit? Now it's just simply right. a marketing ploy. You know what's interesting is this kind of takes me to the concept of intention, right? So what was your intention of, like, when you made that recording or you, you wrote that script mm-hmm. or, like, you did whatever you need to do to help you work through that depression that you had like yeah. was the intention simply to like help heal yourself through that as an avenue to unblock that energy channel so that you could flow mm-hmm. um, was the intention to be an example as to how like maybe you've experienced or you had a loved one that experienced depression in that way so you want to try to touch as many people as possible with like your own personal experience or the last intention being I know it can make me some bucks right <laughs> but I also feel like that's important why intent like intention setting in my, in my opinion, it's like really important no matter what you're doing. Well, I like, feel like. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, but like, how do you gauge that with people you don't know? 
So like, you know, let's take Kanye, right? Kanye, you know, talking about being bipolar, talking about all this. Yeah. Now there's a lot of people who are seeing everything that's happening as simply a marketing ploy, mm-hmm. attention stuff, sure. all that. But is that unfair to him if he is legitimately going through bouts with manic depressive mm-hmm. depression and bipolarity? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's like I think celebrities we often give them a little less sympathy. Yeah. Yeah, we give them a lot less wiggle room. So I think it's easier to gauge intent with the people you know. But then if we're talking about people who are putting out these like big bodies of work that like you know, remember Logic? Logic had this song about um, the suicide hotline. Yeah. It was the phone number, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so many people were clowning it because they felt like it was pandering. Mm-hmm. Like it's like um, almost like with any type of positive thing there's always the people who come and say you're not really legitimately trying to help the cause you're mm-hmm. just trying to make a buck even like Macklemore had the, the gay marriage song okay yeah and that's like a different topic but the same thing got lobbed into him of just man you're just trying to capitalize on like a current social trend mm-hmm. and like I think there's a lot more mental healthness mental health awareness going on a lot more like emotional awareness conversations being right. had right. so yeah some people feel like, well, yeah, they just try to make a buck. But also, it's opening up certain open. doors and yeah. certain avenues. I mean, like, I definitely agree with that. I remember seeing one of his live performances. I wasn't there when he was on TV for Logic. Yeah, it's probably. Probably, yeah, when he had, everyone came out in white t-shirts yeah, and yeah. they had the number, you know. And I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's real. And, like, everyone kind of stood up and hold, held hands together and was just trying to commune together on this topic on how, and he was just started going off on, like, mental health and like suicide and stuff and I was like yo like he's real live like dedicated to talking about this and like he's and from that I kind of got your more of like a like a pure type of vibe coming from why he was doing this like yeah sure there's definitely some numbers involved or like so he's an artist he's like pretty well known you know what I mean like he's making money off of this Um, but at the same time like it's like how you're using your platform going back to that concept or even looking at uh, Kaepernick and how he used his platform that actually ended up jeopardizing his career Mm -hmm. and now is plunging him into a completely different direction that maybe he didn't think that was going to cost him you know his whole football career or maybe he did think it would you know he just didn't care he didn't care care, but he was willing to he, he got to a point of like his fandom was just like being so known that he was like you know what like I'm sick of this I'm gonna do something I need my platform to do something and now look at where he is yeah. you know what I mean so it's like still okay the marketing thing the money thing that's definitely something but I do personally feel like using a platform for something that's beneficial <clears throat> and even if it's just beneficial for yourself but you never know who else you might be touching with something that is helping to heal you exactly and so, like, I mean, there's always going to be the, the naysayers, the people that are not liking what you're doing. They're yeah. always going to have a lot of comments. Like, you even mentioned that earlier in the, what you're going to post soon, your next book, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the topic, right? There's going to be people that aren't going to agree with exactly. your point of view. Um, but that's why it's always cool to leave it open for dialogue. Yeah. And, all right. Also, just to break down the nitty-gritty of something. Here's the thing. In this world, you're going to have to make Right? Like everyone has to make money to exist. <laughs> and I'm not saying that from like a materialistic standpoint, a greed standpoint. Right. It's just facts. Right, right, right. So if you have to make money, right, why not make money doing something that is definitely ostensibly positive? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Like Maybe. you're straight up putting out that suicide hotline phone number, talking about how it's a very real issue, mm-hmm. making it a mainstream conversation. That's a top five single in the fucking country. Right, right. So yeah, you're making a ton of money off of it. But, but why not? Yeah, make money off of a positive. Right, right. It's not necessarily exploitation. Also, you know, I was listening to a couple of like, they're kind of like self-help or like, yeah, on YouTube. So a couple of videos people have made just kind of like how like mind hacking, how to think like a millionaire, like how to make a million dollars, how to get your mind together. And it's funny, literally they always begin with, don't think about the money. Align yourself, work for yourself, heal yourself, know where your greater purpose is. And then once you're in full alignment or aligning yourself more, the money will come. Yeah. Your ideas will be like paramount to the point where you're helping so many people. Like, and that's another thing they were talking about helping people. How can you help people? It seems yeah. to be like every time I listen to one of these documentaries or like I read a book, it's like do something that helps someone else solve a problem. Yeah. And then eventually that'll you'll realize more people need help solving if it's not that same problem, a similar problem. And so if you and then if you feel very aligned with what you're doing. If you feel more aligned. <laughs> if you feel more and then once you feel more aligned, like the money will literally just it will come. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like don't worry about that. Just worry about aligning yourself and, and shedding a message that will help people. You know what I mean? Like there's authenticity in that. Exactly. I think um that's what ultimately makes so many people latch on to it is because of one the quality of the of the insight mm-hmm. and two the authenticity of it yeah. people people want to follow that right um, I, don't know, I think that's why like that's why I want to be a musician right. because like once again to get to a platform where yeah I can then touch a lot of people with it mm-hmm. um, that's like been a big part of trying to streamline my creative process of like figuring out the right way to make poignant statements that don't sound preachy, pandering, corny, or cheesy. Right. But they're very much like aimed and focused and they cut right to the heart. Right. But in a way that's like down there with you instead of like looking at it from this like higher order thing. <laughs> Right, no, I feel that. I don't know how we ended up talking about that. I told you, I, I semi-structured. You just go. Semi-structured, and it just keeps going. I didn't expect to start talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Um, no, that's cool. I think, like, <laughs> honestly, I think that answers a lot of questions. Yeah. And it's really cool having someone else here to, like, talk about this issue, right? Like. This is a series that I want to continue expanding and talking about with more people about their experience. Yeah. And just like, is there power in vulnerability? So much power. And right, and like, granted, you're you're in the arts industry, like you're trying to become a musician. Well, you are a musician, and you're just trying to get bigger. Yeah. Right. So I like how you spun the marketing thing in there. Like, you're, it yeah. shows that your mind is thinking on like you're. It's kind of kind of pinpoints into like yourself, right? So is that something you would arguably say that you kind of struggle with, like? you're producing all this vulnerable content, all this really, like, you're trying to connect with people, so maybe yeah. that's your intention. But, like, do you ever struggle with, like, the process of making money off the things that you connect with? Like, is that something I mean, you grapple with? I struggle with, like, all right, so, like, I remember I was at a show one time, and someone was, like, they came up to me and they were talking about, like, they were asking me, like, don't, like, don't you feel like, you know, 
she was like, yeah, like, you know, being depressed is like your thing. Like, that's like... That's in your identity. Like, that's like my musical, like, thing. Like, I'm like, I'm the sad man. You know, yeah. like, that's my thing. But like, well, all right, one of the fundamentals of marketing is that you take something real and then you amplify it. Okay. So like, me having a lot of problems being cripplingly sad, right? I already make music about that. So, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the imagery that will surround the material is gonna also reflect that. A lot of the like, like it's just it's all it's all very much me, right. but it's me with kind of a budget and tools. Yeah. Like, I can be a sad motherfucker with a, <laughs> with a nice camera now to capture it on a video. <laughs> <laughs> I can now like make a nice music video with it and yeah. is that exploiting my sorrow and trying to play on other people's sorrow that's not what the intent once again intentionality right, that's not right, what the right. intent is right. the intent is to make good content that is authentic right. so yeah the video is gonna be dope people will want to look at it and yes the content will be real that I am sad you know what I mean so like I don't like hearing people talk about, I mean, I get exploitation, I understand it, but I think sometimes people have to know what the fuck they're talking about. Mm. Like, not everything is trying to exploit something. Even like, can you hand me that sticker? Sticker. Yeah. Um, so like, I got the, I don't know if you can see, I got the glass bullet, right? Glass yeah, bullet's kind of like, the glass bullet's kind of like my symbol now. It's gonna be the title of um, my next project. Mm -hmm. And I got it, I got someone went in my DM, and they were like, dude, do you feel like, you feel like you know your bullet is glamorizing gun violence. Like, don't, do you feel like you're you know, you're using a very like hurtful symbol to kind of advance your brand and your marketing? And the thing is that I never looked at it as exploiting anything at all. I didn't think about any of that shit, and I wasn't making it from a point of being insensitive. The glass bullet literally symbolized. It's a it's a it's about being vulnerable. It's glass because it's fragile and transparent and a little beautiful. That's why I went with the stained glass. Right. So like, as a person, I am transparent, I am fragile, vulnerable, and beautiful. But the bullet aspect is something that is still potentially dangerous, potentially mm -hmm. volatile, something that also has a lot of aim, a lot of direction, something that can, yes, start a war, but can also be the defining thing to end a war. Mm. So I just think that the glass bullet offers a lot of complexity as to what human beings are. Okay. Um, but niggas ain't trying to hear that. People, <laughs> like I understand people just get mad at shit when they see it. Yeah. And like I get it. Like I understand that we, I mean, we just do. It's the current climate, right? Like so yeah. much for gun control. So. But and like but, it's because so many things have gone ignored for so long yeah. that yeah, there's going to be now a pushback of I think hypersensitivity in response to an era of ignored sensitivity. Right, right. So like, I understand that, I'll wave those waters, I'll have those conversations when they come. Yeah. I just want people to be willing to hear me out mm -hmm. about explaining how something is not like, no pun intended, but it's not meant to be a weapon. Like I didn't yeah. make glass bullet to hurt people. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think that you being able, being open to expressing that to people, and that's another piece of vulnerability you have you're taking the power to express that that true what that means what that symbol really means to you but you're not necessarily expecting them to yeah. be receptive 
And like a lot of times, as I mentioned before, we may not want to talk about why we did something or why something is a certain way because we're afraid that people may not be receptive to yeah. what we're talking about. They won't agree with us. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no. Like if you matter. like if that's how you like, if this is kind of like the embodiment of just your like everything, then like you're like you know yeah like this is what it is. This is me, and like I'm not trying to like condone anything. I'm not trying to you know whatever it is. Yep. Like I'm literally just expressing myself, and you expressing that to other people, but not expecting them to agree or not agree or whatever it may be. Just expressing it as a means of expression. Yeah. Then that is powerful. I think that that I think the the concept of just open dialogue is kind of a lost art. Mm. I, I don't think people mm. like to go into having dialogues free of like free of like their hostilities. Mm, true. You know, like yeah, we can have different opinions on stuff. Right. Like whenever I have discussions like this one right now, I immediately picture like old Greece or Rome <laughs> in, in the bathhouse and like you know Plato and the niggas just sitting around like pondering stuff like disagreeing on very big fundamental things like what is right and wrong right for sure but being able to just have discussions about them Mm -hmm. lay out their thoughts and it's more so about how do you explain your point Mm -hmm. as opposed to like personal hostility true and i think i'm really good at having those discussions you seem like you're really good at having not a lot of people are good at having i think um that's what causes a lot of uproar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've been seeing so many like divisive comments and characters in the media, right? That my favorite part of it is that it's opened up this like magnification on: Are we able to have discussions and disagree openly? Mm. Without, can we with, still debate? Yeah. Without can we still debate? Too hot, hating the motherfucker just, after you know? <laughs> too heated. Yeah. No. I mean. And it's funny because even if a debate gets a little heated, mm-hmm. I feel like you should still be able to debate through that. And actually, this is kind of crazy. I'm not very off on to this. Mm-hmm. This also kind of makes me think about like when you get into confrontations with your significant other, yeah. or like family or whatever type of relationship you may be having with that person. Um, if it gets really heated, a lot of times people just say, I can't do this. Yeah. They just like walk out and they're <laughs> just not talking about the situation not talking about a situation at all and letting it go untalked about and it's just kind of like festering inside you and that person because you haven't talked about it and it's just like something that's happened from avoidance of being able to sit have a dialogue just to hear people out and what's really going on i feel like it's hard i don't i I can feel i guess it's hard i don't think it has to be hard i don't think it has to be hard and i think that maybe it could have something to do with how you know our environment how like that nature versus nurture like how we're brought up maybe um i mean not to throw my household under the bus but (laughs) i can arguably say that effective communication really explaining when you're upset about something and why you're upset and like being able to talk about your feelings was not really something that was done everything was like kind of explosive you know what i mean like you hold things in for a while then eventually it's like I'm really mad about these 10 things because you pissed me off about dropping the milk in the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it opens up. It's like, I had no idea you were mad at this. Right. I had, like Now you're telling me you're mad at me for 10 different things that I did over the span of how who knows how much time, but you never told me. I didn't know. It just right. lets the pressure build. Exactly. It just explodes. You know, I had a moment one time, and I'd love to hear your take on this, because like every everyone I tell it to, they think I'm being a dick, right? <laughs> um... 
I had a moment, I was talking to a person, and like something I said, and like I I I I know when I'm wrong in moments, but like I was really going back to realize if I did say something triggering to make this person mad, and I didn't. Like I really didn't say anything crazy. And I, I say that honest to God. But for some reason, they just veered off and started like getting really hostile towards me. And I was just like, something's off. Okay. I feel like this is not like I'm concerned, right, right, right? And I asked her straight up, "Have you ever been psychiatrically evaluated?" Uh-huh. I know it's a harsh question, but I wasn't asking it from like a place of like being judgmental, like I'm about to clown on you, like start making jokes. Right. It was me literally being like intrigued about how did we get to this point from what I just said and is there something maybe going on there and if there is I'd like to know just because then I think I can apply more empathy to the situation or more patience rather right and then like she got like she got mad at first of course she's like why am I did I say something crazy or if I get crazy whatever I'm like I'm like okay like no 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 I'm just I'm genuinely curious just based on you know how this interaction has just gone. Uh-huh. And then she was like, yeah, I have, and I'm bipolar. Ah, true. So then what, like, it was hard for her to like push through to like be vulnerable with me about yeah, that. Yeah. That probably wouldn't have happened if I didn't, you know, shoot the bullet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it hurt, but it put her in a space where she opened up and then we could discuss how, you know, I feel like I had issues with that type of, disorder but I've had issues with that mm-hmm. um, and then it becomes just a very open dialogue but it's just sometimes you have to cut through a very hard question mm-hmm. to have those opening up so it's like cutting your stitches or something yeah like, yeah you get trying to get to the center of it yeah yeah that's better the longer you skate around the edges of it beat around the bush is what we say longer the more like that pain will make it to move faster and faster like, like if you wouldn't have asked that question and just like walked away like man she's crazy I try to talk to her um, there may have been you because you actually you didn't even know what she felt by being able to open up about that. Maybe yeah. she felt a sense of clarity, like, oh man, maybe I'm having an episode. Maybe something just switched me into having an episode or whatever. Maybe yeah. you know what I mean. So you got straight to the point, and I feel like it's. I really feel like it's good to get to the point, even if it's painful. It was a harsh. I, I feel bad typing you, it. I mean, you, it was like. <laughs> There are other ways you probably could have said that. <laughs> I think it's just because people read psychiatrically evaluated. It's such a heavy, like, but that's what it's called. I mean, you, you could say, like, have you ever been to a therapist? Like, I, don't, I don't know, but... You, but not, no, because that, that wouldn't have been... Pitted. I don't know. Because, like, a lot of people go to therapy who, like... And I, I think, I think, I think society throws around the term crazy too much, right? Sure. So, like, I get yeah, right. I didn't just want to off like write it off like yeah she's crazy. Mm-hmm. No, I wanted to know what is actually going on right. so that I can like understand that crazy is so blanket. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it worked. It worked. It worked in that situation. But I think a reason why that hostility came up from her, right. and also why other people think I'm a dick for asking it, is because we're we're brought up in a generation or a society that like. A lot of people are fucking judgmental. Yeah. So it's like people have their guard up mm-hmm. about people are gonna people are gonna judge me, they're gonna attack me, they're gonna not understand me. There's right. a lot of that fucking happens. Like 
lot of people don't want to be receptive. Mm-hmm. So like, that's why I get that as well. Yeah. Because you know you gotta protect yourself. But that's why I look at it like I, I came from another time period, 3086. I crash landed here, and I feel like I'm literally like studying present day society. Like I have no judgment at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just writing a paper on you motherfuckers. Like I just want to kind of, <laughs> I just want to literally have like an, an objective, just understanding of how everything's going on. Oh, man. All right. Well, that was today. This is Say Your Cool Name. Oh, Saze Oluwole Akereja. Exactly. You call me Saze. Exactly why I wanted him to do this. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thank you again for listening in. Again, I'm your host, Naya Shell. And um, it was a pleasure to talk about the Power Vulnerability Part 2. And I look forward to expanding the series. So thank you so much. Glass bullet coming soon. Look. All right. Thanks, guys. How long was it? Oh, probably like 30 minutes, I'd say. Give it a Oh, hold it open. Hold, hold, hold it open. It was... Maybe 45? 40 minutes? Yeah, but it's like the, it's the time. Minutes. 38 minutes. 30 minutes minus a couple of things. Maybe, yeah. maybe minus like two minutes. It's probably like 35, 30. Yeah, it's good. That's pretty good. That's why I was kind of confused. Yeah. Well done. Nice. So, let me get some messages. I don't know if it'll go through via text message, but try. Oh.